0: I think the pace of life often feels less like the walk with God that the Bible talks about and more like the Autobahn race with him, you know, getting on the freeway and just whoosh.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 129. I'm Brian Cheely. I'm Ryan Joy. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We are in week 43 of our cross training series. Again, continuing this conversation about endurance. And today on the episode, we're going to talk about consistency, living in a steady way, in a reliable way. And I know we've talked about that a lot on these episodes in the past. Consistency is hard to maintain, but it's definitely something that we're expected to do as disciples of Jesus.
0: It's such an attribute of the people I most appreciate and come to look to you know you Mm -hmm. just you were singing the chevy song like a rock (laughs) at the end of the last episode those rocks in your
1: life man there's just nothing like them we all need those in our lives absolutely and i can think of a lot of those rocks in my own life and uh, as i was thinking about this conversation about consistency today it started reminding me of a phrase that we've started using at work. Work is kind of bananas right now. We're just kind of in this upside down silly season where it's like all these things are coming due, all these test events happening. Every time we like try to make plans for something, those plans get like turned upside down and we'll go out to an event and they'll be like, oh, uh, can you come back next week? And we're like, yeah, we hadn't planned on it, but So the thing we started saying to each other is the only thing that's consistent is that nothing is ever consistent. And So I think that's how life feels sometimes, honestly, like it's just impossible to plan for. You never know what's going on around you. But like, how consistent are we as disciples of Christ? Like, are we reliable? Are we steady? Do we keep our word? And so I think that's what we're focused on this week, talking about being consistent. They fit together, I think, thinking about endurance. How can you endure something? Well, you gotta do it consistently.
0: Yeah, as you talk about how life can be that way, that the only thing consistent is inconsistency. I mean, it just makes me think of the last couple of years and what we've been living through. And I think a lot of the challenges and, you know, mental health difficulties and all the things that we've gone through. I mean, this is just my theory is that that inconsistency of even those steady, reliable things that we thought we didn't even have to think about when those things start to come into question and we can't practice those things that kind of stabilize our lives, that can really rock our boat and make it hard to stay steady. And so that steadfast heart that finds its trust and confidence in the Lord is that much more important And those habits and those practices and those ways of life that can stabilize us, especially as stabilize us in the Lord become so significant
1: in oh, yeah. our spiritual well-being. For sure. And especially as you start thinking about being consistent and you think about that steadfast, reliable kind of character, that leads us into our first segment, which is like the teacher. And we're going to a story here where Jesus shows us how to be consistent. He shows us how to be reliable, rock solid. And so we're going to a story in John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, where Jesus has really his own life as an example of consistency.
0: Yeah, it's in the middle of this exchange that Jesus is having with some enemies and skeptics of his and they're questioning him, "Hey, how can we rely on this?" and and he says, "When you have lifted up the son of man, then you'll know that I am he." Speaking of course looking forward to his crucifixion and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as the Father taught me. And he says, "The one who sent me is with me, and he hasn't left me alone." And here's kind of the kicker He says, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him.
1: So what do you take from this little piece of Jesus' own testimony about himself? Well, yeah, I was thinking about how last night my daughter comes into my office while I'm working on some stuff and she's showing me her school project that she's been working on for like the last couple of days on the state of Idaho. Like she's putting all of these pictures together. She's coloring all these things. She's writing all these facts about Idaho and she's putting it on this big poster board and she has to go present it and she comes into my office really just making sure that I thought it was okay like it, mm-hmm. of course it was great i mean she loves art she loves history she loves to study things like this and so she did a great job but like she has this sort of like timid approach as she comes into my office like is this okay or or should i do more and like i know that i've been there before in my own life where I'm not really sure how something's going to be received. Like I've worked on something for a long time, but I don't really know how it's going to be received until I give it to somebody or show somebody. So I'm a little timid when I kind of give people a sneak peek behind the scenes of what I've been working on. And here Jesus just comes right out and says, everything I do is pleasing to him. Like, There's no timidity here. Christ is consistent. He is always on full display, and he's confident that there's not a single example of something that's displeasing to the master. If you look at his life, everything lays out the case that he is, in fact, God's son, and he did everything that God wanted him to do. This is definitely not like blind arrogance either. I mean, it's the result (laughs) of like a steady life, a life of consistency. And as I look to Jesus' confidence here, his complete surety that everything he's done is exactly what God has wanted him to do just makes me ask the question, like, am I pushing for that kind of consistency in myself? Like, am I confident that everything I'm doing is bringing glory to the King? He's setting a high bar here for sure, because obviously all of us have fallen short of God's glory. Not everything we've ever done has been up to God's standards, but clearly with his grace, it's something that I can achieve. It's something that I can push for, making sure that I am every day, kind of like we talked about from Paul's example, you can look at me because I'm following Jesus.
0: It makes me think of something that uh, Ken Leach used to say. I think he was quoting a uh, Western or something. He would say, no brag, just fact.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, no brags. here. Jesus
0: isn't trying to lift himself up. He's just given the facts. This is who I am. Everything I do I do what pleases God. And I was thinking about those times when I have been far from that and the feeling and the distance that comes from that. Going to a weird place with this. As an illustration, I was thinking about China and their air pollution issues, all the smog they have. Okay. You know, China has some of the worst air pollution And so what do they do? What do do we do whenever we have environmental issues? We try to find an alternative energy source. So They put in solar panels all over. The only problem is the air pollution is so bad, the (laughs) smog blocks the sun's rays from reaching the solar panels that were installed to reduce the smog. It's this vicious cycle and it's the wrong kind of direction. and, And the same kind of cycle, I think, can wreak havoc in our spiritual lives when we harden and pollute our hearts so that the light of the son of God doesn't reach us. When, like Isaiah said in Isaiah 59, our sins separate us. It's not, I can't see you. It's not that I can't reach you. It's not that I can't hear you, but your sins are this separation. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've wandered from God. But for me, there have been times where I just, I knew I lost my way Oh yeah. and I wasn't close to God. And I think of David after his sins with Bathsheba and Uriah, he prayed in that prayer in Psalm 51, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 11, he knew he'd broken faith with God and damaged himself and his bond with the Lord. Not because God left him, but because he walled himself off from God to spiral down that path that he wanted to go. And so here's Jesus as the alternative, the opposite of that, the son of David. He says, He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Like he said, praise God. We have oneness, not by our perfect obedience, but through Jesus, through his perfect life and sacrifice. But now, I think that is the message of the whole. New Testament, we get to walk in that unity through Christ. And that means learning from Christ to consistently do the things that please him and acknowledging it when we don't. And then always just living close to him. And what a gift that is to be able to say with Jesus that he has not left me alone, that he is with us and that we're walking in the light with Christ.
1: Yeah. I love that comparison to a uh, smog and, you know, yeah. like trying to fix the problem. It's like, you made the problem, dude. Like, this is your issue. You're the one yeah. who's caused the problems here. And if you think you're going to be able to fix it, think again. Because <laughs> you're not the one who can fix this situation. Going back to David's example is great because he was the one who who made such a mess of his life. But then he knew who was able to fix it all. Yeah, yeah. He
0: has the power to clear away that smoky sky and let us be surrounded in his light. And so we don't have to stay in that place of distance and darkness if we'll just be honest, turn to him in repentance, and find our hope in him.
1: All right, so let's get into our second segment here on the episode, and that is favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. So here we are talking about some of our favorite things in staying consistent in our habits. If there's anything that we love to talk about, it's the topic of habits. And we talk about habits all the time. And so some of our favorite habits, I think we're going to get into here. And these are things that just help us stay consistent. I don't think a lot of these things are going to be like, go out and buy this product or, you know, this is our favorite pen for writing or something like that. I think these are things that all of us can do. These are things that we all have access to. And my first favorite thing is just going outside. I don't know if that seems too simple for this conversation. No, it's
0: perfect. Yeah,
1: I love going outside. I think going outside is such a helpful way for me to like clear my mind. You know, because all day long I'm sitting in front of a screen. I'm running from one activity to the other, and so often just hitting that pause button and like taking a walk or going for a ride, thinking about a passage, meditating on scripture, seeing God's hand at work in nature. Just sitting there like people watching or just even like spending a few minutes in prayer. These opportunities just to be outside, they really do help a lot.
0: Yeah, that's one of those good questions whenever you're having a hard time, a hard day or you're you're not feeling like yourself. Have I been outside today?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, for sure. For me, being surrounded by trees is one of the things or mm-hmm. or next to water, you know, like if I'm able to go and just get to a park or something, yeah. which goes with my next one. My first favorite thing is starting with scripture and silence. I think the pace of life often feels less like the walk with God that the Bible talks about, and more like the autobahn race with him—you know, getting on the freeway and just whoosh—the
1: you know? F1 race of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: just goes too quick, and I—I'm responsible for some of that. But it's just so essential. I've found that I set the tone early with some quiet reflection on what matters. Prayer and silence, and I try not to go spinning into Bible questions and thoughts. I can fill my mind with all kinds of different ideas, you know, jumping on to a sermon or, or oh, what does that mean? Or wow, I so want there's, to no this. It, nearby, there's, there's no whiteboard nearby as you're sitting there. Thinking, yeah, right? just any any kind of busyness, even in my own mind, <laughs> is not what that's about. It's about the exact opposite. The psalmist says to be still and know that I am God. And some questions I try to come back to almost every day as I just kind of settle in and and remember who God is are things like, who am I? What is my purpose? What do I want? And then the fourth one is, what do you want, Lord? And I want to allow those last two to get synced up before I go on with my day. What do I want? What do you want, Lord? And just prayerfully kind of sitting with a verse, sitting with who God is, uh, reflecting on him. And it doesn't work out perfectly all the time. I mean, you know, if I don't beat the the toddlers downstairs, grab my coffee and find a corner that nobody can find me in, I'm going to get invaded quickly. But it really, if whenever I can just kind of clear that space, I try to do that every day or as often as I can. And boy, it makes a difference.
1: Yeah, that's kind of one of the great things about having a commute. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not even driving, just riding my bike or riding my scooter. It's like I'm going real slow. So I'm definitely not in an Audubon race at that point. It's just enjoying <laughs> that time for sure. That's always good to be away from people or at least With your thoughts and putting the expo marker down for a little while and just kind of (laughs) marinating on some things, which uh, I guess leads then to my second one, which is to start asking at least one probing question anytime I'm with a brother or sister. This is something that I've been working on this year more intensely. So at worship, I think we've talked about it a lot. Like it's super easy for me to just find myself like rushing around, trying to get things ready, you know, as one of the deacons, just kind of always having my hand in something, something's broken, something's not working, something isn't where it's supposed to be, and trying to balance that kind of work with being present for people. One of the ways that I've been trying to be more present for people is trying to make a moment of conversations, at least one conversation every time I'm with the church, just to sit and listen to somebody. And making a moment of those conversations involves usually asking deeper questions Steering the conversations to scripture, that's been super encouraging for me lately. And so what's helpful with this, I think, is some of these through-the-week reach-out challenges that we've had, but also just being flexible with the conversation. Listening, finding out what someone's going through, no yes or no questions allowed, but just really digging deep into seeing how people are doing, learning more about their lives, connecting with something that someone's been studying. I don't know, for me, just making a consistent habit of touching base with at least one person whenever I'm at worship, whenever we're at somebody's house, just seeing someone, meeting someone, like making an opportunity to connect with them in a deeper level has been a habit that I've been trying to put in place.
0: So do you tend to have a question like in the chamber and ready or are you <laughs> or are you just kind
1: of seeing what comes to mind as you're connecting with people Yeah, I think for me it's been kind of like embracing silence for a little bit. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I have that challenge or tendency when there's like a, a lull in the conversation to just jump in. And so, mm-hmm. I try to avoid doing that as much as possible. So like if there was something that I really wanted to ask, like maybe it's not the right time for it, so I'll kind of like let things hang in the air for a little while. And then if Mm -hmm. nothing comes to mind, then yeah, I usually come up with something. Yeah, I
0: I really like that. I think I need to do more of that kind of bringing the the reach out question or something to those in the foyer conversations. For me, I always try to ask instead of how are you doing (laughs) or something like that, which gives a one word answer. Yeah, right. Asking like, what has been happening in your life this week or lately, you know, or... What are you looking forward to this week? Just really simple, kind of like top of mind questions that it's not really deep, but it at least starts to open something. And every time you ask that to somebody kind of new in your life, you get a little more background, a little more context of their life and what they love and what That's they're good. up to. And and then the questions can be built on those things that you remember about, hey, are your grandkids coming back into town this mm-hmm. week? And, you know, that, that kind of thing. That's so. awesome. My last one here is very simple. It's worship. And I'm really grateful that at least those outward habits of worship were ingrained in me at a pretty early age. We were the three times a weekers at church like you and your family were (laughs) from the time I was little. And we sang in the car always wherever we were driving. We prayed before meals, maybe at bedtime. So there was at least a skeleton structure for me to put some flesh on before I even had to really choose my own path, which I've come to appreciate as an extraordinary advantage and one I want my kids to have. But then I had to learn kind of like Ezekiel's Valley of Dry Bones to to add flesh and blood to that skeleton, to breathe some life into it. Like the practice of you could show up at an assembly or you you can sing a song or say a prayer before a meal and not even be in it <laughs> and not really even be worship. Right. And so you learn to really fall in love with the Lord, to appreciate him and to think about what makes God God, what makes Jesus so extraordinary, why you're so grateful to have the Holy Spirit within you and learning to look for him in worship and to know that he hears, just to recognize that he's close and and maybe to enjoy the fellowship with other lovers of God who are worshiping around you. Mm -hmm. And so just learning to appreciate those times when I'm with people and worshiping and just kind of settling in and enjoying the singing and enjoying the prayers and also appreciating those times when it's just me and the Lord, like we were talking about, just walking through an autumn forest or looking at squirrels out the window or whatever, and just (laughs) enjoying God. And I think that's something that I wasn't taught at an early age to enjoy God, to be satisfied in God as the Psalms talk about, like Psalm 63. And obviously it's not about me, but as I seek to bring him pleasure and glory, there is greater glory for him. The more I appreciate him, the more I can rejoice in him and celebrate the life I have in him because of who he is. I mean, that's one of the few joys we can enjoy now that will characterize eternity. So it's no wonder it's one of the best things in life.
1: I think a lot of these that we've talked about really have a lot to do with relationships, either yeah. relationships with ourself, relationships, obviously, with God and developing that connection, that love with him and in him. And then relationships with others. I mean, if you really think about being consistent and enduring suffering and all the things we've been talking about with staying on the path and just keeping faithful, like these relationships are what anchor us. And they're like you talked about, I think last week, like the thread that kind of weaves its way through everything and really binds us together, keeps us strong in that we have these things that they're just part of the fabric of who we are. These relationships with each other and obviously with God. I mean what else is there besides
0: (laughs) your relationship with yourself, your relationship with God and your relationship with others? That's pretty much the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think maybe these are focusing on those relationships because we're saying these are those sustaining activities that stabilize those most fundamental aspects of our life.
1: All right. So let's get into our third segment here, our final segment. And that, as always, is through the week. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. So every week we drop five challenges that we're gonna do, and we encourage you to do them along with us this week. We are focused on consistency in this topic of endurance. So what are we gonna read this week?
0: We will read John eight, twenty-eight to twenty-nine, which is where we started the episode, Luke 1 to eight, acts eleven, nineteen to twenty-six, psalm one nineteen, thirty-one to thirty three. And Philippians 2, 12 to 30. And just looking at that last one, r- really the beginning of that, I see in Paul's words there and his attitude towards the Philippian people, the gift of people you don't have to worry about. <laughs> There's something really oh, yeah. wonderful about that. Several years back, I was talking to one of our elders, and a family came up that had, you know, taken a step back from their role in the church and far from a statement of concern about them sliding backwards or having difficulties. He said, oh, I'm not worried about them at all. (laughs) (laughs) And The implication I heard behind his words was there are plenty of people that I have my spidey sense on high alert to watch for. But I know that this family is going to be fine, even if their level of involvement changes or some of the details of their work in the church changes. And why did he feel that way? Because he had seen their character. He knew their commitment and their patterns of behavior over this long period of time that he'd known them, maybe a decade. And he felt that he could just count on them to be OK without a lot of handholding and checking in. That's really good. And yeah. And, you know, it doesn't mean it's not an indictment of people who do need handholding. Everybody's at different places and that's how it's supposed to be. And even the most mature among us need checked in on and supported. But again, what a gift when folks have just shown that they have taken some ownership of themselves as steady, reliable disciples. And so Paul starts this passage famously in Philippians 2:12, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And sometimes we just focus in on that last part and I think maybe miss the point a little bit, right. which is Look, you've always obeyed and I'm not with you now. So now while I'm not with you, I need you. I'm encouraging you. I'm urging you to work out your own salvation. And of course, the next verse says for it's God that's at work within you to will and work for his good pleasure. But you take your own seriousness, your own fear and trembling and soberness to this work of working out what is yours to do. So his point is really, I know who you are. And I know I don't have to worry about you because your track record is consistent obedience. So just keep doing it. Keep taking responsibility for your own salvation. And while I celebrate that, that gift of those people, I also want that for everybody. That is something that we wanna give our kids and we want to teach those weakest or newest disciples among us and encourage in those stronger disciples among us.
1: I think this is really about trustworthiness, right? I mean, you're yeah, kind of in that yeah. scenario where it's like, look, I know that they may be going through something right now. I know that they're in the middle of trial or temptation or that things may turn out this way or that way, but I know who they are and mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about them. And I know so many people like that in my own life who yeah, you just know, like you know that they're that they're core, like they're not going anywhere and you're confident in them. And I love that point that you're making there. That Paul is able just to acknowledge how much he believes that they're gonna be solid. And I wanna be that way too, which actually kind of leads to our reflect challenge here. And it's to ask ourselves this question what consistent traits do I want to build my life around? So, what am I gonna build in my life that's really gonna make me who I want to be? I think every year we start out the year in January thinking about like New Year's resolutions, but I was also thinking here about like New Day's resolutions. Because mm. I think these are the much more important resolutions that we can make. I mean, it's obviously something we all do in January, or at least we think about, but every day is another gift to glorify God and to build a life that's well-lived in his service. There are certain characteristics that we should just be weaving in through our lives, through every moment of our lives. Like Paul said in First Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's like living with joy and prayer and gratitude every day can really be transformational. That's a pretty good place to start. It's a great place to start, right? You know, being kind and merciful, being bold and courageous, reflecting and meditating on God's word. These are all good choices that we can make. And every day that you get up, think about what is it today that I can be? What can I do? You know, what do I want to build my life around? And what do I wanna be trustworthy in or consistent in, in the things that I practice?
0: It's kind of like, there's the old famous, put the rocks in the jar first. Yeah, the
1: big rocks and little rocks.
0: Then the little rocks and the sand and the water. And uh-huh. that's usually about time. But it's also how you prioritize those rocks. What is the foundation of your life? What are the habits? What are the attitudes? What are the ways of thinking that you are going to pour your energy and your willpower into focusing on, give yeah. your attention to, and really try to, to nourish and cultivate in your life.
1: Now you're gonna make me start singing like a rock again. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I think
0: our listeners would enjoy that, especially if you could get a little raspiness in that voice. Oh,
1: no, 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 not even today.
0: <laughs> okay, so that leads to our request challenge which is not surprisingly also about being steady. It is taken from Psalm 57, verse seven, and it says, may my heart be steadfast, O Lord. It's a prayer for God to steady us. And that word for steadfast in that psalm and, and many other psalms say those exact same words, may my heart be steadfast, O Lord, or my heart is steadfast, Lord. That same word finds its way into a lot of different ideas in the Old Testament. And so, for instance, in Exodus 15, 17, it's translated established, make my thinking, my commitment to you solid and established like that sanctuary that that Exodus fifteen seventeen says God is going to plant his house on the mountain and establish his sanctuary. Proverbs 426 says, ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure may our ways and our heart be sure and steadfast and established and planted and solid. Rehoboam in 2 Chronicles 12, 14 didn't set his heart to seek the Lord. Is my heart set and set in the right place? And then my favorite of all of these, this is from Psalm 78, verses six to eight. As a parent, this prayer is meaningful to me as it looks to the next generation and prays for them. That the next generation, he says, might know these things, the children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. So That's the kind of prayer I want to pray, not just for myself, but for my kids for the church, for you, for all of our listeners, for all the people around me. May we all plant our feet and stand with him, set and established, steadfast in the Lord.
1: That makes me think about my boots, which is kind of a (laughs) weird thing to think about. But like, I was recently walking around on slippery rocks as we had kind of taken a trip up north a few weeks ago. And I have zero traction, zero gripability on the bottom of my boots. It's just purely flat. <laughs> and I'm out there just jumping around on rocks. I really could have just killed myself on those things because I had no traction at all. And all these words you're kind of bringing up here just remind me of that, like, real grippy sole on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah. Like, you ain't going anywhere with that kind of traction. But like, you know, if I'm running around there with with shoes that have no grip to them, I am very easily going to fall on my face. So I like it. Sorry for the diversion. So let's get back to our respond (laughs) challenge this week, which is to start your day by honoring God with prayer or Bible study and then do it for the whole week. This really just goes with a lot of the things that we've been talking about on this episode, but I see in this challenge like hitting the reset button almost. And as we've talked about sort of beginning the day with scripture, beginning the day with prayer, you know, there's a running joke if you're tech savvy and anyone asks you to like troubleshoot their computer problems, the number one question you always ask is, did you turn it off and then turn it back on again? And like, <laughs> yeah. sometimes hitting the reboot button on your computer just fixes everything. For our character, sometimes we need to hit the reboot button. And that starts with these simple little habits that just build momentum. And I think this challenge for me is a great reminder of that. It's just, rather than beginning the day like selfishly focused on me, what better way can I start the morning than focusing on God? It's just a small shift in priority. It makes things a lot easier to carry forward on the drive to work, the morning meeting, the parent-teacher conference, whatever the day has in store, I've started the day on a good foot. I've hit the reset button, I've started clean, and now I'm kicking off a new day. I don't know if Max even have the sound that they used to have. Oh, but they do. I used to, they brought it back. <laughs> I used to
0: start my day every day. You know, you start it up and, and you hear the sound when you get to work. Yeah. But that's what I'm hearing now with that is that yeah. that's just a wonderful idea of like, okay, there's nothing stuck and running in the background that, <laughs> you know, there's just a clean restart that I, I have a fresh and clean slate to work with and operate from. This you is, can this say really spiritual
1: good. operating system. I'll give you that. <laughs> Go ahead. My, my
0: SOS, my spiritual operating system. I like it. Okay. So let's close this thing out with our last challenge, which we encourage you all to reach out to someone and ask a really good spiritual question. And the, and the spiritual question that we're encouraging everybody to ask this week is what attribute do you hope people can reliably see in you? And so, Brian, let's get into this. What do you hope that people can see in you reliably?
1: Well, I guess I'm going to cheat. And I'm not going to say Jesus because that would be a great answer for <laughs> God, this question. God, Jesus, the Bible. That's Yes. Uh, yeah. But I will say the word love. I mean, I think... If there's anything that I want people to see in my life, it's love. At the end of my life, as people look back on the impact that I've had, having them look back at the way that I love the Lord and loved people, I'd be perfectly happy with that. As Paul Mm -hmm. talked about in 2 Timothy 4 about fighting the fight and keeping the faith, he mentions at the very end of it, the motivation for it all was that these people loved his appearing. And that's the reason why we fight. That's the reason why we keep the faith. And I want to be a more habitually loving person. I want to let love just seep out of everything that I do. That encompasses my prayer life. It encompasses my gratitude and my generosity and my mercy and my grace and everything else that that I really do in life, as 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, is just motivated by love. Really the bed of which all these things grow out of is my love for the Lord and my love for other people. And so I really... That's the thing that maybe I haven't been as consistent with either over the years. But for me, thinking about it this week, this is a great reminder that, you know, I don't have to do some grand gesture to become loving. It's just little steps that I can take every day.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were talking earlier about those three fundamental relationships, right? And, yeah. and that there's nothing more fundamental. And and how do we find alignment in those relationships with ourselves, with others, with the Lord, what do we want to characterize and define those relationships? And, and it's love. It's the most basic root level ground floor kind of operating instruction that we have. If, if that's cheating, then I think Jesus gave you the crib sheet, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It was like the greatest commandments of just like, here you go. Here's a slip of paper that's going to get you through most of the big questions.
1: I mean, you're going to think about something deeper than that, but like at the core, like you said that the most basic fundamental instruction is love. So what, what's yours? What do you want people to reliably see in you?
0: Well, and and I I guess in a way, every good answer is going to be a riff off of that. But (laughs) I'm going to say heart as in all of this matters to me, that I care about people. I care about this work. I care about doing good and doing things well, uh, that I'll always give my best shot at serving and walking faithfully. And maybe I want to be reliable for that because I'm not reliable for always delivering on everything that I want to deliver on. <laughs> I would like for people to at least know that I I cared, uh, that I really, really wanted to do this well, to do well, to do good. I don't always do everything as well as I want. Sometimes I'm late. Sometimes I'm forgetful. Sometimes I speak when I should listen. This is going to surprise you, Brian. Sometimes I'm not ready to even record our podcast whenever we
1: had planned to record. Like, for instance, today. Well, I'm glad you did show up, and I'm glad you care about it so much. (laughs) That just sounded a little
0: sarcastic there, Brian. I don't know. No, no, Uh, (laughs) no. Yeah, I mean— I think that Jesus says in the Beatitudes, starting the Sermon on the Mount, that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we will be filled and we are going to, I certainly blunder at times and I don't seek for that to be excused, but I hope that my actions, my conversations with people the way that I reliably interact with people, let them know that I do, I do care about them, that I do care about honoring God and doing things exactly and only as he wants me to do them. And that when I speak, I only care about Jesus being happy with what I say, say, whether it's from the pulpit or here, or just in talking to my kids or my wife or someone And, you know, it'd be great to be able to say what Jesus says, that I only do the things that please him always that will someday happen, that I will and you will be able to say in that new place when we're home that we only do always the things that please him. And that that will be the greatest joy
1: of all. That's the great thing about a question like this is really just kind of sitting with it and thinking about. Because you're never going to walk away with it and be like, yes, I am perfectly consistent in this, you know, like yeah, you're right. always going to find something that you just totally blow it on that you mm-hmm. don't follow through and act consistently the way that you want to. But I think the general part of this question isn't like, what do people want to see that I've done a hundred percent of the time? What do you want people to see reliably in you? And I think mm-hmm. when somebody sees that like for my answer that you're a loving person or for your answer that you you really care about what you're doing when they see that i think there's a lot of grace that comes in you know there's a lot of just understanding for example like you were talking about being late for a recording or whatever it is it's like mm-hmm. yeah who cares like honestly at the end of the day if you show up and you're present for it and you're invested in it and you're all about sharing this message that we're talking about on this episode like what is 30 minutes? What is an hour? What difference does that make at the end of the day? And I don't think people at the end of your life, at the end of my life, hopefully, I don't think people are going to look back at those little foibles or those little issues that come up. I think they're going to see the bigger things. And if you're consistently a person who cares, a consistently a person who loves, I really hope that that's what just stands out to people.
0: Yeah. There's sort of the journey that gets you to the next place and the next place and the next place. And then there's the path that gets you there. You know what I mean? It's like where you are on the path. And then there's like, what is the thread? There's a poem that I like called The Way It Is. So it's by William Stafford. And it says, there's a thread you follow. It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. People wonder about what you're pursuing. You have to explain about the thread, but it is hard for others to see. While you hold it, you can't get lost. Tragedies happen, people get hurt or die, and you suffer and get old. Nothing you do can stop times unfolding. You don't ever let go of the thread. And it's like that question about, you know, what do you want to reliably do? It's like, what is core? What do I want to define me? I mean, we've asked this question like four different ways here, <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, what is the thread that you're hanging on to? Well, you know, like you said, it's love. It's I want to glorify God. I want to honor him and take care of people and and pour myself into trying to do life as it is meant to be done well, from love, from a sense of the sacredness of those things
1: that matter most. That's the perfect way to sum this up, I think. And next week, in our conversation about endurance, we're going to wrap this whole thing up as we start thinking externally, really about our community and things we can do for others. We're going to start thinking about burden bearing. And burden bearing is so important because it's not just you alone taking care of the issues that you're dealing with in life. We all have a responsibility to help each other endure and to look outside of ourselves and to be that kind of support structure for others to help them carry the load. And man, I have needed that kind of person in my life so many times, and I sure hope I've been that way for other people.
0: Yeah, I mean, that strength that we're building with our consistency, with the grace that God gives us, with the strength we find in trial, hopefully is giving us the power to also help others in their difficulty and and that is going to be you know just put some other things on your shoulders sometimes because sometimes uh, we all as another song says we all need somebody to lean on (laughs) (laughs) so you
1: can have that in your head for a while And on that note, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning into the Bible Geeks podcast. You can find us on our website at BibleGeeks.fm. You can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or at BibleGeeks.fm slash 129. You can also follow along this cross training series there on our website as well. And if you haven't checked us out on Facebook, you want to get in touch with us there. We'd like your feedback, of course, on these episodes as well. And until next week, everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.